Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I am thinking about trauma. And I'm thinking about trauma in three ways. Um, as related to my sister and um, my sister as a symbol as a, either a symbol, as a, a marker for growth, it, uh, it was coming for me as the final frontier of growth work that I have to do. She symbolizes that. And then the second thing I'm thinking about with trauma is the actual work I have to do. So whereas my sister is a, a symbol of the type of work I have to do, the second thing on my mind is what I actually have to do. I don't know if that makes sense, but for me, those are two separate items. Um, and then the third thing is vocationally. What do I, what do I want to do with this trauma thing? Like, what do I, what do I want to do with, um, what's the so what? Yes, there's growth and there's healthy living and wellness. Yes, yes, and yes. But I feel like there's a part vocationally for me to take on. And in alignment with the work that I do in terms of having an impact on the next generation as an educator and a social scientist. And my work, my central work um, in empowerment, this feels the trauma piece for me feels important to integrate into just my vocation. You know, the the way I want to leave the next generation, the impact I, I want to have, the, the contribution I want to make. So what's interesting is that um, I started off the year trying to get comfortable. Mm-mm, that's not true. I started off the year recognizing trauma work. In the beginning of the year, I had some intense experiences that reinforced my understanding or my commitment to do trauma work. It really did. Like February or March. Um, and the good thing about this project is that that's all captured in real time. And I had some situations with my sister <laughs> and my mom. That really just solidified, yeah, this trauma work, that's a real thing for you. It left, it went from being an academic understanding to being something very personal. And I think if I had to put a theme on 2021, because, you know, it's this time of the year where I, I start bringing closure to my year and start thinking about what's next and all of that. I said that in the previous reflection. I think for me, um, this year really is going to, when I look back on this year, it's going to really be about trauma. And I don't know, like, um, I don't really think I've done the work yet, to be honest with you. I think the work is to come now. But I think this year showed me that the work is needed. It trauma became visible for me 
became visible, it became personal, and I feel like I'm ready. I think maybe that's maybe that's what happened this year. I developed a maturity and a capacity to do the work. And that's what I'm I'm pretty sure I'd like next year to do be. I want to do the work. I don't really I'm not fully sure what the work is. But there is work. And I I think this situation that happened with my sister really denotes readiness. It was the last, what I'm going to call a stronghold, the last bondage that I had. And I'm not saying that the, the, when I say bondage, I'm going to say trauma bond. It's not over, but I'm. I'm walking into dealing with, I'm going to, that's, that's one of the things I'm going to do starting the year off is that relationship is going to be reconstituted. So that's what's on the brain. Um, and what's going to guide this reflection. There are two, um, frameworks I'm going to use to guide me in this reflection. One might take precedence over the other. I'm not hundred percent sure until I get into it. So I just want to mention them to you. And because I have seven reflections left to do for the my goal, I wanted to do 50 for the season. And the season will end on the 31st. So I have seven reflections I want to do. I feel like I might linger here. So if I don't cover these two theories to, in this particular reflection, I, I'm almost certain that I'm going to come back to it. But we'll see. The first theory is not really a theory. But I'm going to call it, I'm going to say a framework. And this is, it, this is, this is why I feel like spiritually, this is the right time. Like, I really feel like this is spiritual for me. This, this, this readiness to do trauma work. It just feels spiritual because I was on YouTube yesterday. I'm on vacation. And if you, I haven't gotten a lot of view listens in my last uh, reflection. Maybe because I've been in this bubble about talking about the job and my position and positionality and all of that. And, and I think that those episodes are good. That one on alignment, I think it's really good though. Um, but I haven't listened to it yet, but it just felt like it felt, I felt resolved in that one. But I did one yesterday. Mm-mm. A few days ago, um, I don't even know what I named it, but it was about, um, oh, I know what I named it, Eight Cognitive Functions. And it was a weird reflection because, I mean, I was really trying to make a case for a six-function theory, but while I was making a uh, case for the top six functions of the stack using the Myers-Briggs theory, I kept becoming... I kept coming back to function seven and function eight. Like all of a sudden, as I was putting together this six function theory in my mind, I just started really seeing what function seven and function eight, what it does, at least what it does for me as an INTJ, I guess. So I ended up having to name the episode eight cognitive functions because I was talking about all of them. I mean, there were two that I really didn't tackle. Um... A lot, 
but it was an interesting, it was, it was just an interesting reflection. I think it's a good one. Go check it out. But you definitely have to be into cognitive functions to appreciate how I was bouncing around in those cognitive functions. And it was just unexpected. So anywho, so for today's uh, reflection on trauma, I want to look at, um, I'm going to use, uh, uh, I was on, okay, that's what, I'm, that's what I was saying. Okay, I'm on vacation. That's what I, why I told you about the last reflection, because I was driving down south to visit my sister and my nieces and all that. So what I do on vacation is I have to go inward. Like, I get so congested in the world, right? And because I'm TE strong, but not TE dominant, but I am TE strong, and I have, I think with that TE strength is a, 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 a strength, I have a stronger strength with my extroverted sensing, with my inferior function, than probably other INTJs, possibly. But I, I'm not going to open that up. I say that to say that I get, re, I get it, I'm in the outer world, and I'm probably in the outer world longer than I need to be, whereas other INTJs or other NIs, DOMs would retract I don't retract from the outer world or recoil from the outer world as fast as I need to. I linger in it longer for different reasons. And then I become, I become congested and I start engaging in unhealthy behaviors because I'm congested, probably a little wounded, um, fatigued, but I'm still out there. Like I'm tired, but I won't bring my butt back in. So usually when I'm on vacation for an extended period of time, there's this, like, I don't want to say gross or hyper sense where I have to go inward. And I have to, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I haven't kicked out reflections because I just have been going really inward. I didn't have the energy or the desire to even do a reflection. So a part, one of the things that I do when I go inward is I start musing on, like, weird phenomena. Like, that's just something I have to do. It's, it's the way I reset. So, um, I, you know, you guys should know I have a fascination with quantum theory, quantum physics. I also have a, 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 a fascination with otherworldliness, like bizarre experiences. So I, was, I watched a 45-minute video on kids who were reinc- reincarnated, like parents who had kids that talked about reincarnation like from us babies as toddlers uh, so I watched that <laughs> I don't even know what I don't know what sense to make of that but I did and I watched one other one I can't think of it but in the midst of me like clicking like watching these like really weird videos oh I know what the other one was I watched how technology is going to evolve uh, um, over the next 30, not next 30 years, until the year 3000. And really how technology is going to take over and humans will cease being in control of their own world. Um, it's, it's just was really interesting. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm clicking around on these really weird videos and I accidentally... I um, clicked on something about seven, what was it called? Hold on, I'm going to flip papers one second. Seven, um, 
seven types of family systems. Seven types of toxic family systems. I don't know if that was the name of it. But that was really what it was about. Seven types of toxic family systems. And when I when I accidentally clicked on it, I was like, oh, I don't really want to process trauma. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I know I come from intergenerational trauma. I know it already. I don't need to study it anymore. I'm, I'm good. I need to heal. I don't really need to keep studying it. And that's not where my brain was. I really... I really wanted to just keep taking in some really random, weird content. But there was something that said, well, they're going to name it as Seven Family Systems. I was like, well, just watch a little bit of it. Just watch a little bit of it to determine if that's content you want to save. And then you can come back to it later. But I was brought in immediately while I was trying to just make an initial assessment of its value. I was brought in immediately. So I didn't take any notes because I was just laying down. I, and I wanted to do a reflection with you all. But I said, no, you you at least, even though you know I don't want to report out those seven systems, you at least want to be able to name them. <laughs> but I knew that I, I just felt like it was a game changer for me. That was yesterday. And so this morning, something I said, go listen to it again and take notes. So that's the framework I have where I looked at these seven types of families, seven toxic family type systems. And I have those notes and oh my God. And I think, I don't know what led me to the second system. I, it was something. Oh, I know what it was. So as I'm as I'm thinking about these seven family systems, these seven uh, types of toxic family systems, there's a part of me that wants to report it out, explain it to others, give this information, and not just in this podcast. By the way, I'm either seeing an end to this podcast or a definite shift that I think is going to happen at the end of season four. At some point, I want to talk about it, but I'm starting to see a need to uh, shift in the project. And I don't know if that shift means I'm going to shift out or shift within, but there's a shift that's coming. Um, and it's all about growth, really. So it's not a bad thing. It's just that because of you all, you being here and allowing me to do the real ugly what I call the butt ugly work, the uglies, I've, I've grown and it's time for me to just move and, 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 and take it to the next level. And, um, so anyway, either I'm going to shift out or shift within. Um, so I was just thinking about what do I want to do with this information about these seven toxic family systems? Like this, this guy, what he gave and he, he gave a disclaimer that, this, these seven types aren't the result of academic rigor. Like when you're in the academy and um, you're coming up with a theory, there's this scientific process that you have to go through to establish that the research, your, your findings are rigorous. He was like, yo, this is not from that. But as an NI dominant, I know that we can, uh, I know NIs can see patterns regardless of a scientific process. Regardless of scientific rigor, NI doms can capture patterns because I can do that. I can appreciate a pattern recognizer in another person. So I respect the pattern. And these seven types are from the patterns that this guy 
recognized. So, um, so I was thinking about how I wanted to share that pattern out. And, uh, and then I was like, what, what, what is that on me that has this desire to share out? And I know from, um, lifespan development, there's a certain age, uh, in the lifespan that wants to help out others. And I just didn't know that, that age, that, that time period. So I went on the computer and I was like, okay. So I first went to, um, Piaget and, uh, and Piaget's development uh, theory is about cognitive development. I was like, oh, let me come back to that. But that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a lifespan. And it was Eric Erickson. And these are theories I learned in my undergrad uh, training in, in the social science part of me and uh, my, my background. And I, anyway, and I, I was struck by how many stages of the lifespan. I don't, hold on. I think it's eight, but I had to go back. I think it's eight. And as I was like just reading through those eight stages, it became very clear to me where my development has been hindered because of the trauma. And I want to talk about that. Like, whoa. And I'd love to do, I would love to integrate these two frameworks about my developmental breakdown and how I'm not the best version of myself yet because I've got to go back and fix some of those earlier stages that were damaged by trauma. But I feel so good. I, I feel, if you can hear it in my voice, I feel incredibly uh, happy. And I have a lot of gratitude that I'm at this place in my life that I can see it and I have a readiness to go and deal, deal with it. If you guys listen to the reflections I did the last time I was here with my family, I think that was at the end of May, early June, there was some conflict and I started looking, I started sharing with you some um, reading about trauma then and I, I talked about having this grief in my body and all I wanted to do was just wail. All I wanted to do was cry. And I ended up breaking down and crying in that reflection. But when you go back, when I go back and listen to it, the cry isn't even as big, but it felt big for me because it's just not something I do publicly or I'm not comfortable doing that. So, but I don't feel a pain. I don't feel like crying right now. Like I can talk about this in there. I don't feel, I feel a sadness I feel a grief. I feel the pain of the trauma. But it's not overwhelming. Like in this pain that I can feel. Because I do feel it. And there is a sensation in my body for it. At the same time there is joy. There's deep joy and peace. That I'm at a place. That I can handle it. So you guys you know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to. Um. I think I'm going to close out because um, I want to, I want to, okay, here's what I'll do. I'm going to try. I know I'm going to fall in a rabbit hole. I'm still going to do my disclaimers just in case some of you 
uh, come to me and, and this is your first time hearing me. I just want you to know a little bit about what it is and what it ain't. <laughs> and then um, I think I'm going to just list the, describe the two frameworks. And then I'm going to come back. Um, if you guys can hear, there's noise in the background. The family, their family's having uh, breakfast and my brother is here. My single, I don't call him my single brother because I only have one brother. I call my sister, my single sister, just to, den- to denote the difference between the, the, my two sisters. But breakfast is ready, and I think, um, so I could pause this? Hmm. Do I want to pause it and come back? Nope. I think I'm going to just list the two frameworks, and then I'm going to come back and, and do a part two, okay? All right, let me do my disclaimers, and I'm going to describe those two frameworks, and then we're going to go inside and... I'm going to get a little messy. I'm going to I'm going to describe the two frameworks in this reflection and come back later and get a little messy y'all. Uh, uh, cuz I'm ready for it. I feel really really ready. I feel really good too by the way. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's a good year. Good year for trauma. Good rear good year to set me up. Go and just do with those broken parts cuz there's some broken parts inside of me still. And that's the whole point of saying I'm from intergenerational trauma. That's the point. I say it on my disclaimers all the time. And there's a so what to that. And I'm ready to deal with it. So if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so primarily by using personality theory. The two theories or two systems I use the most are Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Using those two systems to type myself, I identify as an INTJ8. I push those two systems together. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background. And here it is, from intergenerational trauma. I am a trained and practicing educator and social scientist and have been doing my work for about 30 years. Half of that has been in leadership. I also identify as a critical race feminist, which means I have a sensitivity to power as it relates to social constructs around race, gender, class, sexuality, and those are just the few, the main ones, okay, but there are others. This project is unedited and is unscripted because it is a journal. It is a personal journal where I'm freestyling. I've been back looking at some INTJs online and I have some I have had some interactions with a new not she's not new, I just don't talk about her because I don't take in her content a lot. But um she and I had a like a really brief exchange um on one of her content on her YouTube channels and I wanna I wanna talk about that exchange because it's it's opened up. It's a conversation I want to have. She presented us something, and I wanted to respond back. It's like, oh, I should do a reflection on it. And her her her, her name is Lijo. I think it's Lindsay. If you guys are into personality theory, you already know who I'm talking about. But anywho, why am I saying that? So yeah, I've been watching her and some other INTJs, and just really seeing that this this idea of just being op- like a freestyle reflection. It's something that every person does. Some types aren't comfortable with doing it out loud. And I think I think there's something to say about my willingness to freestyle it in this random direct quote unquote directionless. I don't think it's completely directionless, but anyway, you know what I mean. Or as 
Joyce Ming said, a stream of consciousness. <laughs> but anyway, this project is, that's what it is. It's a, I believe there are goodies that come from me allowing my mind to just float from one topic to the next as it needs to, to unpack, to unlayer, to dissect. And it's the goodies. I think there are goodies in it on most days, not all times. That there's a reflection that is getting a lot of plays that I have no idea why it's one of the most downloaded ones. It's up to it's the INT it's the one called the emotion the privilege of an emotionless INTJ. And the concept of that reflection was good. But I I ramble in it. They're like there was a there was a um, it's not a rambling that's problematic. In that reflection, I'm very like disjointed. I, I do a lot of stop start, stop start, stop starting. It was very choppy. It's not random. It's choppy. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, who listens to that? <laughs> but anyway, that is probably, um, it's gonna, it's, it's turning out to be one of the top five downloaded episodes. I don't know why. But anywho, um, anyway, so this project is unedited, it's unscripted, and I think that there is some goodies located in that uneditedness, the unscriptedness of it all, okay? If you want to know more about this project or me or how I'm showing up, please go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. I have, um, I want to update season two. I do list all my episodes. Um, so I haven't done that for list episode two or the second season, and now I'm wrapping up season three. But if you're new or newish, go to my website and look at season one. I give a description for every episode except one. It was a hundred of them. And I want to do that for season two and season three. Yournidom.wordpress.com. Let me give my there my family in the background are calling me to come down. So let me give you the seven family systems and then the eight stages of development. And then I'll come back. Okay. So the seven Seven types of dysfunctional. Okay, the seven types of family, the seven types of toxic family systems. Number one looks good on paper. Mm, I can't, I can't even open these up. But basically, it's, I, I talk about this one. I, I know this is, oh my God, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. There's no way I'm going to be able to open this up without falling in, without going into a reflection. At the end of this guy's reflection, uh, his content, he says, what you need to do when you want to do healing work is identify the family systems that you relate to the most. And it's usually more than one. He said it could be up to three. I connect to all seven of them. But I think there are three or four that are pretty um, significant. And this is one of them. The looks good on paper. That's number seven. Number six, the ships of in the night. Uh, I don't know if it's two ships in the night or ships in the night where you just have these. I can't. I can't open it up. I'm sorry. Um, number five is anti love family. That's a big one for me. Um, the chaos system. I think that's a one for me, but I didn't. I I didn't really think so until I went back and listened to it again. Chaos is called the chaos system. Number three is toxic divorce, toxic loyalty. Good grief. Number two, toxic single parenting. I was raised by a single parent. Mm -hmm. But I think the toxicity, why I connect to this one is because it was from another toxic structure. She just happened to be a single parent. So I just think 
I can connect to number two by default. I mean, just by, um, gee, I guess I want to say default. And then number one, the aggressor and the codependent. That's an interesting one because it doesn't have to, there's not a clear line between the aggressor and codependent. My sister's going to come up and fuss at me. All right. And let me give you the last, the second one. The second framework that's on, I'm thinking about is Eric Erickson's lifespan development. Let me just give you the different stages of psychosocial development. Trust versus mistrust. That's from birth to 12 months. Autonomy versus shame slash doubt. That's from ages one to three. Initiative versus guilt. That's from ages three to six. Industry versus inferiority. She's calling me. Hold on a second. Um, where was I at? Industry versus inferiority. That's from ages six to 12. And that's where I feel like my breakdown happens. Where, well, I shouldn't say my breakdown. But that's where, yeah. Um, that's where the harm around me, the, defunct, the, the, the trauma around me impeded a healthy mind. I, I, how do I say it? I feel like there's healthy development when I look at those First three, what was it? Um, trust versus mistrust. Autonomy versus shame, doubt. Initiative versus guilt. I feel like I had a healthy development. I think my mom did a wonderful job in that. I think the breakdown happens for me at industry versus inferiority from ages 6 to 12. And then identity versus role confusion from 12 to 8 is another one I can see harm. This intimacy versus isolation from 20 to 40. Holy Toledo. Is there a lot of stuff here for me to unpack? And then here, this is where I'm at. Generativity versus stagnation from 40 to 60. I feel like this is normal for me, but because I feel like I'm, I'm in a healthy space in this stage. But because of the other three that I didn't have a healthy development... It's going to impact the the last stage, which is integrity versus despair. And that's from mid-60 on out. And uh, I'm determined, y'all, to go back and do some work. And I think this is one of the reasons why when I've been circling the drain about what I want to do in terms of my masterminding. And, and I've been struggling with this idea of survival and my creativity, like what I've been doing for my work. I really think. It's because I'm really, intuitively, I know I need to go and do some work around those earlier developmental stages. And that's going to take my energy. And it doesn't, and 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 I, I'm having a hard time using energy to do the work, vocate the work that I'm masterminding. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to push through to do that. But I'm also conflicted with this using the energy for that other trauma healing work. And I just, I am, I'm really, really hopeful um, that once I just, just do the work, do the work. And I think, I think the, 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 my masterminding work, my vocational work is going to work out. I think it is, but it's taken a hit because I have some, some trauma, some trauma work to do. And I, how about this? I got to mastermind the trauma work. I've got to mastermind my healing. And the masterminding this vocational work 
that's important that I've been really trying to struggle and push through. And I haven't parked it and I'm not going to park it. But now I understand why I've been circling in it. Like there's been a, I've been just, there's been some stagnation there. And um, I think because this trauma works out, um, I think I'm going to name this reflection Ready. I've done one. I've done another one recently called Ready Not Ready. I'm going to call this one Ready. Um, trauma work. Because there's a quote that I heard over the last two days. Trauma that's not transformed is trauma that's transferred. Hot damn, that's good, y'all. Trauma that's not transformed will be transferred, and that's where you get the repeat, the intergenerational trauma. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. I haven't done a 30-minute reflection in a long time. So if it's had any any value for you, even though I know it's incomplete, but I feel like there's some stuff in it, or I do, but if you feel like that you got something from it, even though it's short and incomplete, please give it a heart. If this conversation, the setup to this conversation about the seven toxic family systems, even though I have not unpacked it, or the stages of development, even if that um, relates to a conversation you've had, please take this link. Share it out. I think what's most important in this reflection, besides the two friends systems, is just the readiness. I think that's what it's the readiness. Readiness to do the work. The readiness. It's a state of being ready. The condition of being ready. If you've had that conversation with someone, please take this link and share it with them. If my moving about in this very short reflection um, has inspired some randomness in you, I would love to hear it. You can go to my website, youranidom.wordpress.com. Hit the contact. There's a contact page. And then you can message me. Let me give you your assignment. Hold on. In the reflection I did, I think it was in December, maybe November. It was called Ready Not Ready. And I asked you, I said, what's something that you're ready to do but not ready? I'm going to ask a very similar question, but I'm going to do a different spin on it. What's something that you're ready to do and you're ready to do it? Like what is something that's a developmental thing that's coming up in your life that you're like, okay, I'm conscious of it and I'm ready. Like I feel like there's a difference. I'm trying to explain the difference. I think you can be ready like um, committed to doing something. Okay, you can be committed to doing something, but not really ready to do the work. Not emotionally ready. Committed, technically ready. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do the work. Academically, intellectually, technically, I'm like, okay, let's do it. But I'm be emotionally begrudging it. I'm emotionally afraid and you're not emotionally ready. But I'm talking about being ready, ready. Okay? Being intellectually ready, technically ready, and emotionally ready. And being emotionally ready doesn't mean it's not going to be emotionally difficult. It's that you're here to do the difficulty. You're ready to take on the pain. What is that thing for you? And if you don't have it, good for you, boo. But for the rest of us that got some work to do, those of us who are trying to heal from trauma, we got work to do. This is for you, okay? 
What are, what are you ready, ready to do? Ready, ready. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to name it. I don't know if it's going to be red or uh, what was it? Readiness or ready, ready. But either way, think about it. Okay. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. And I am coming back. Okay. Until I come back. Be well. Bye.